Welcome back to NL Newsday. Jeff Andre is here with you. Hope everyone's having a lovely Monday now and had a wonderful weekend as well. Pleased to welcome to the show now, as always, it is Monday, so Acumen Laws. Kyla Lee joins me on the phone. Kyla, how are you doing here today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks, as always, for asking. All right, so I think one of the big topics of conversation, of course, as we all talk about COVID-19, and it has to you know, be brought up in pretty much every conversation in our life, but one of the things that's getting more and more momentum is talk about vaccines. We're getting closer and closer to having one for COVID-19 in hand. The federal government even announcing today that the first quarter million doses should be rolling out uh, sometime next week. So with all of that said, though, these vaccine candidates, they're created incredibly quickly, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who, you know, are maybe more than happy to get vaccinated, but might still have a little skepticism. And of course, there are those out there that are outright opposed to vaccines as well. So with all of that said, I just wanted to kind of know what are some of the the rules legally that are in place for employers specifically when it comes to having employees get vaccinated? I am sure that there are some industries where that requirement can be made, but not every industry is going to be able to force people to get vaccines, correct? Well, I think probably not any industry is going to be able to force anyone to get a vaccine, um, in part because there are some people who are just not eligible for vaccines because they're immunocompromised or they have um, they have medical conditions that the vaccine would interfere with, people who legitimately cannot be vaccinated. Um, and the other reason is because an employer has an obligation to its employees to ensure a safe workplace, but the efforts that an employer can take to make the workplace safe have to be reasonable and forcing somebody to have an injection to have something foreign inserted into their body for the purposes of of being able to work is probably not something that would be considered as reasonable even though um, the anti-vaxxer arguments are completely without merit Mm -hmm. but i mean i always thought like you know in healthcare specifically right like they could make you out go out and get one saying you can't work in a facility with vulnerable peoples unless you are protected against that is that not the case is that not how you understand it, uh, it's not how I understand the law to be, unfortunately. Um, and, and this is why I think last week we heard Dr. Bonnie Henry say, you know, if you are, don't believe in vaccines and you want a career in healthcare, maybe you should work in some other field. Um, because un- unfortunately, they can't force people to be vaccinated. Um, and to require them to do so for the purposes of, of having a job would be beyond the scope of, of an employer's rights, um, even if they're working in a vulnerable position. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, I guess, could people have, um, you know, any legal recourse if they felt someone wasn't taking the proper steps to protect themselves from COVID-19, but yet continued to work in a, in a situation like, um, you know, I guess, could there be a situation where someone is working in a place where a lot of people aren't getting vaccinated and therefore they feel uncomfortable going to work because the protections are just not in place? Is there anything that, that could be done to, say, refuse safe work in that kind of a situation? Or, or is you just kind of have to suck it up and deal with it? Well, anytime you don't follow the protocols, um, em- employers are certainly well within their rights to say, you know, here's the, the public health orders and recommendations and guidelines, and you have to follow all of those in order to come into the workplace. Um, and so, 
that is something that you can do as an employer and you can exclude employees from the workplace who refuse to follow those directions or who have not followed those directions. That's reasonable because some of them are health orders, some of them are health guidelines and nothing that anybody's being asked to do um, interferes with potentially the security of their person. When you get into issues of like vaccines, you're starting to get into, well, why aren't you being vaccinated? Is it an issue of your beliefs? Is it a religious reason? Is it an issue of your health? Things that you might not want to disclose to your employer and that you're entitled to keep private. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I thought there was always going to be some industries or some sectors of our, our you know, uh, workforce that would, you know, kind of fall under that category of, of having to get one. But obviously that, that doesn't sound like that is the case, which I find uh, somewhat interesting. So that's kind of always been the situation. I mean, whether it be a, a probably, a, um, you know, there might be people out there like myself who probably look at certain industries, look at healthcare and say, you know, probably the responsible thing to do would be to get a vaccine, right? Whether it be a flu vaccine. I know that's something that uh, people generally really get, I think, on an annual basis, especially if you're working in healthcare, but not necessarily required. And maybe uh, people don't know that. Is that possible as well, that people might not know their rights when it comes to, to something like a vaccine? I think people don't know their rights, which is why there's this widespread fear um, among the uh, anti-vaxxer crowd and the, the COVID denier crowd that somehow this pandemic is going to be used to force everybody to get a vaccine. The likelihood of that is slim. We may see some employers take the unusual step of requiring the vaccine and wait for the legal challenge and, and try and make the argument that they have a right to do this. And, and this might be the time to see those laws um, and the way that they've historically been interpreted, challenged, and changed. We'll have to wait and see for that. Perfect. Well, uh, interesting conversation because, uh, yeah, I thought, like I said, uh, there was some myths, obviously, that I have been led to believe, so interesting stuff. Um, moving on, but sticking with COVID-19 here, the pandemic, it has negatively affected the ability of lower-income people to obtain legal assistance. That's according to a new survey, the Everyday Legal Needs 2020 survey, which was done this year. It's usually done every five years, the last one being done in 2018, but done this year uh, due to the pandemic, and it found that 36% of the more than 1,200 people surveyed were reported COVID-19 had had an impact on their ability to uh, uh, or on on their legal problems that they are dealing with and of respondents 33 percent experienced they said discrimination uh, which was up nine percentage points from uh, you know non-COVID survey data I'm just curious I guess you know we've talked about I think this before in general just that you know COVID-19 has seemed to have an impact on people's ability to access legal services and it does seemingly seeming to have a better bigger impact on people with lower incomes I guess was there anything that kind of surprised you to learn that maybe, you know, those with uh, lower incomes are having a little bit more access, gaining, um, uh, gaining access to legal information? I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I am a little bit concerned that the organizations that ordinarily deliver these services, whether it's, it's duty counsel in the courthouse, whether it's um, organizations like Access Pro Bono or Law Student Legal Advice Programs um, or community outreach centers haven't done more to pivot um, towards providing services in a, in a socially distanced and safe way during the pandemic and haven't done more to make the public aware of that. And I would suspect that a large part is that the people who are looking for these services aren't aware that they can still access them um, just in a different way um, because of the precautions that people have to take to deal with the pandemic. So I guess in your opinion, probably more should be done to uh, promote that these services are out there? 
Yeah, I mean, I volunteer uh, with Access Pro Bono in, as a, a legal clinician giving legal advice. I used to do it in person, but um, since the pandemic, the clinics have been done by phone. So people can still make an appointment. They can still still see a lawyer about their problems. It's just you're not seeing them in person or face-to-face. You're, you're speaking to them over the phone. And I would imagine that uh, one of the things when you're talking about it, doing things electronically and virtually in terms of meeting or talking on the phone, uh, you know, we're talking about some people in, in, you know, the categories that are being concerned about here as it relates to this survey. Maybe they don't have access to technology, right? We don't have things like, uh, you know, public computer labs aren't really open and as accessible right now as they would have been pre-pandemic times. People might not have a cell phone to speak on. So I imagine just the, the access to technology is a big factor here. Those are definitely barriers. And even with legal aid and and people qualifying for legal aid, you used to be able to go into the courthouse. Um, In many courthouses, there's a legal aid office or somebody, a representative of legal aid there where you could complete your application in large part in person, get approved and get a lawyer right then and there. And you didn't have to have a phone or internet to go sign up. Now, none of those um, legal aid offices in the courthouses are open. So if people want to get legal aid, they do have to find a phone. They have to find access to the internet and they have to go through those steps. Do you think, um, you know, once we get into uh, really the bulk of winter, things are going to be even more challenging? I, I would just try and think like in the last couple of months, as we've seen numbers increase and, and you know, more and more people are limiting their social interactions, that uh, access to justice might be even a little harder to come by for some people as we get into colder and longer days or shorter days. I- I think it's going to get worse uh, before it gets better. Uh, obviously, the hope, as with everything else, is that as soon as we've got you know more widespread vaccinations, we can bring these things back in person and, and start to deliver the services to people who need it in a more convenient way for them. Kyla, as always, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, have a great rest of your Monday. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Acumen Law's Kyla Lee.